clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. And it is caught. Caught, caught for a touchdown. A leaping touchdown. Captain goes. He'll be chased and he is gone. 97 yards. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? What are they going to roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We are seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown! Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. There's a prayer. Stop it! Oh, please! <laughs> what a catch! That's insane! That's insane! The game's final play is a Wilson lock to the end zone, which is fought for by Tate with Jennings simultaneous. Who has it? Who do they give it to? Touchdown! Welcome to Simultaneous Catch. I am Adam Jeffrey Rossi. I didn't because you, you laughed at me last time. So. You just didn't do it with much conviction. Awesome. <laughs> we will practice it one of these days until for real, but until then. I feel like I want to hear it right now. Or I will walk out. 318! That was better. 318! See, last week you were like, 318! <laughs> one of my favorite moments on stage was when I did a play called You on the Moors Now, my senior year of college. And in the middle of it, I got to like do a football play and I got to stand up and go, Omaha! Omaha height. It was pretty cool. Did anybody understand that? Yeah, there. Every single guy that came and saw it laughed, and I remember specifically Mike, our buddy Mike, who's going to be on the show later, and our other friend Jack were in the back of the audience, and I could hear the two of them over everybody roaring. It was awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> so it was fun. But welcome everybody in. Uh, we're excited. the The draft was super wild and a lot of fun. I don't know if it was super wild. I mean, it was fun. I mean, it was there were definitely fun. Yeah, there were a couple of really crazy picks that there's plenty to debate about. So we're excited about that. We're going to get our three different correspondents on here today. We haven't had Corwin on in a, a full year, actually. See, I don't remember the last time I talked to Corwin. Corwin so. Yeah, so it's been a while that Corwin's been on. Corwin's going to come on and talk some Texans with us. Mike's going to be on talk some Dallas Cowboys and then we're going to get my old college roommate Drew in as well to talk some Steelers football and maybe a little bit of Vikings who knows All right, but uh, yeah it'll be fun so I figured we'd start off and just talk about our impressions of the draft uh, drafts you like drafts you didn't like favorite picks uh, what you got Sure, you know, uh, well, I guess we'll be the homer for a second talk about the Dolphins I really loved the yeah. things that they did uh, with the draft obviously taking Tungavailoa at five. I think they played a lot of those things very well. Up until the pick was in, I had no idea which way they were going to go. So I feel like they really played all those smoke screens really, really effectively and wound up getting a guy that everybody said they had to lose 16 games to get before everything happened. So I think other than that, it wasn't an extremely flashy draft mm-hmm. for them, but they did the things that I think Flores and Greer want to do to start building from the ground up, which I really approve of. I Absolutely. Think it's setting in motion the things that they set out when they gave Flores the five-year contract. So mm-hmm. building those trenches, I think they got 
two, possibly three starters uh, on the offensive line. And I think they got some some late round gems, possibly. We'll see what happens. But I, I, I like a lot of things that they did. Yeah, uh, so I, I, brought, I have this athletic article up that talks about you know they were just ranked the, the the all the drafts based off of their consensus big board. So they created a big board, uh, and then they used the formula for draft picks that you've seen the chart where it's like certain draft picks are worth certain points. Yeah, you see that. So basically, they did that for the draft picks, and then they did that for their board, and they they numbered each player instead of each pick as well. Okay, and then put them off, uh, and the. Miami Dolphins had the the number one draft capital in nine thousand five hundred eighty three points. Well, they did have the most, um, and they did get the biggest return in ten thousand one hundred twenty one points in terms of draft picks. So, all right, they definitely had a great draft. But the top five listed here in terms of like how you, in terms of the least amount of capital but getting the most amount of value out of it was number one was the Cardinals. They had 4,242 in capital, but got back 6,104 in terms of return. Okay. Uh, number two was actually Buffalo, who had the lowest draft capital in the entire draft at 3,229 and still got 4,632. Um, and then there's the Cowboys, the Browns, and the, and the Ravens. The, those are their top five drafts. And for the most part, I think those are five really good drafts. Uh, I put I put their draft picks in our notes here so that we could look at it a little bit, but... I really, really the, the team I want to focus on the most on because I'm not going to just bore everybody about Buffalo. We'll talk about them a little bit later. But Arizona, I thought had an incredible draft. I think Arizona is having an amazing off season. We talked about the moves that we loved when they got DeAndre Hopkins. And yeah, they were able to get rid of that David Johnson contract they didn't like, and they have good running backs in in the backfield. So they you know they didn't need him, but they, what they were able to do was they were able to get Isaiah Simmons who is an incredible player from Clemson. I uh, probably going to play all over the place, but you know, I, I was making the joke that last night I saw a tweet that said defensive coordinator said that they'll probably use him as a line, linebacker and not all over the field. And uh, somebody's like, yeah, because I would tell everybody exactly how I was going to use the player in April. <laughs> um, so then there's that. And then they got Josh Jones. They fell into the third round, a guy that we both had month in the first round. Yeah. All the way to the third round, great. Uh, they get a, a solid defensive tackle, Lecky Fotu out of Utah, and then they get a uh, defense, uh, more defensive line help. They get um, uh, late, a linebacker late and a running back late as well. So I mean, they I really really love this well-rounded draft in terms of value against capital. They were able to get really valuable players, and I think that that Josh Jones pick really pushed them over the top because I loved the Isaiah Simmons pick at eight, and then they were able just to say, "Wow, this is a first-round pick," and we're sitting here at number. 72 overall in the draft and we're able to take a first round tackle let's take him heck yeah so i really really love their draft i know we're going to talk about dallas uh with mike when he's on uh but another another team that again another team that i really think hit it out of the park is cleveland like i like i said cleveland has so much going for them on paper they were able to get jedrick wills a player a lot of people thought was the best tackle in the draft at 10 and then they get grant delpit safety at 44 Jordan Elliott, defensive tackle out of Missouri, and then they just filled out with some nice value later in the draft. Getting Donovan Peoples-Jones, a receiver out of Michigan, in the sixth round, I think was a really good pick. 
he it's a it's a gamble on athleticism being he's a six foot four guy and he was very inconsistent at Michigan, but it's a gamble on incredible athleticism and I think it could pay off. It definitely has that potential. Yeah. Absolutely. So like I said, I mean there were a lot of drafts that I really loved, but those are just a couple of them that pointed out to me. Yeah. Other drafts that you loved or do we want to go into I feel like we have to talk about Green Pay. <laughs> Um. <laughs> yeah. No. I. You know. I. I really liked what what Baltimore did. Yeah. Uh, going and getting Patrick Queen, I think, is going to be a really good, good roaming linebacker to kind of fill in. If you wanted to say they had a void, it was replacing yeah. that C.J. Mosley. So going and doing that, uh, getting Dobbins, uh, to to add to that backfield and mm-hmm. that athleticism, I really Absolutely. love. Then they added a speedy wide receiver to go along with more speed. I am blanking Devin, on his name right Devin now. Devin Duvernay out of Texas. Yep. So I think adding adding a player like that to the arsenal that they deployed last year, I think mm-hmm. I think that was a, a pretty big boon for them. Yeah. So. And they took another receiver late too, James Proch out of uh, SMU in the sixth round as well. Who's another uh, speedy guy. But you're right. Like I think. They, I mean, they also looked at the fact that Patrick Queen fell to 28. We thought he was going to go earlier as well. Yeah, and I thought I did think that was about where he was going to go. Yeah. I didn't know who would end up being the one to take him. Okay. If that was going to be like a trade up yeah. sort of situation, but yeah. I, I thought it was really appropriate. I didn't see that necessarily coming until it happened, mm-hmm. uh, but I think after seeing it, it makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I feel like we, I feel like we do have to talk about Green Bay, and just especially you being the Green Bay fan, you know, I the more I've thought about this, I'll give you my quick about it first. I actually think that they had a, a good draft. Okay. Like I, like I, I know that they didn't take a single receiver, which is kind of silly, but he, hear me out on this one. Like I think the Packers really believe that the Devin Funchess, who they signed to the offseason, is gonna be bigger than everybody thinks he is especially you know coming off an injury but then they I think they still believe in guys like Marquez Valdez Scantling and you know uh Jake Kumaro and Alan Lazard you know I think that they believe in these guys enough to be third fourth fifth receivers they just wanted a number two and I think they believe in Devin Funches to be that and I think that it was just too good of an opportunity to pass up to trade up a couple spots only give up a fourth round pick and get Jordan Love, the guy that you think is going to be the successor. I just think I, I actually really liked that pick. Um, and then A.J. Dillon, you know, if, you, if you're if you on the whole running backs don't matter thing, then this means that in a year or two when when Jones, Aaron Jones wants his payday, you don't have to pay him. You get a, a guy that can be a bell cow back sitting there in the backfield. And to start off, you can just use both of them, you know. They did get a tight end in and Josiah Degara from Cincinnati in the third round, who I think will help out. Although they said they would use him in kind of a, let me say a, a Kyle Juszczyk type role because he's that type of player where he can play a little bit in the backfield but also play some tight end. Uh, he's a little bit bigger than that. But, uh, again, and then they filled out some more offensive line depth where they lost and got got some defensive pieces. I, I really think that, their, like I said, their draft wasn't a home run. They didn't hit it out of the park or anything like that. But I think it was a good draft. Yeah, no, I agree with you almost 100%. I I agree with you. I don't think any of the things that they did were like, that's dumb. I think you can certainly point to the wide receiver in a wide receiver breaking class and and not getting one of those. But I do agree with you about Funchess. I think there are still some other pieces out there on free agency that they might want to toy with uh, to think about. 
Um, but I do agree with you. I think people are so down, kind of like what they were with Philly. I'm not saying that they had the injuries that Philly did, but people are like, oh, well, they need a wide receiver because they don't have anybody. But I do think they feel good about Lazard. I think they do feel good about the Funches pick. Um, I think an Equinemius St. Brown, who was injured yeah, all he was last injured too. year. We were big on him. They, they really believe in him. Aaron Rodgers came out last preseason, was very glowing of, of him specifically. So uh, he was one of my favorite wide receivers in that draft. I was surprised that he fell, but I did think that was because of a lack of quarterback play his last year in Notre Dame. So I do agree with you. Uh, I think the only – I would, if like we were putting like letter grades, I know a lot of people do those, I would say that was a C-plus grade uh, for Green Bay where I feel like they did very, very little to help the right now. And maybe they just feel comfortable that they think they don't need that. I mean, it was a team that won 13 games last year and was 40 minutes away from the Super Bowl, which obviously they got trounced in that game. But there's there's certainly talent on, on the team. But it is the preservation of the organization as a whole to go and get that guy that you hope becomes the next guy, uh, like you said, uh, not necessarily having to worry about uh, whether or not an Aaron Jones or a Jamal Williams doesn't stick around. So, yeah, I agree with you a lot. I I mean, I, I'm not uh, one of the fans that's like, this is ridiculous and Aaron Rodgers needs to demand a trade or to be really, really angry. But I, I do understand that we as typical fans want to see the immediate impact and to see – that, that piece that pushes it over the puzzle or pushes it over the hill, excuse me, but as a whole, and maybe, I don't know, this is maybe a little backwards to say, I would rather have the pieces for overall success for the next 10 years of being in the playoffs and not winning the Super Bowl than have the Super Bowl this year and then fall into oblivion for the next 10 years. That makes sense. And like I said, I think that I really believe in the vision that Matt LaFleur has. And again, you guys were in the NFC title game, and yeah, you got beat up a little bit. But I think that I really think that you have receiver talent on the roster that's not ready to be like the, a number one or the number two. You know what I mean? But they're 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 talented enough that they can play different roles. And if Funchess turns out to be, I think he's going to be a good player for them. You know yeah, what I mean? I'm so, actually semi surprised. I know, like he's not. Uh, a Julio Jones or a right. Devontae Adams or anything, but I remember when it was Benjamin and Funchess yeah. in Carolina. Like it was a good duo. Yeah, they were. And then I re- I just remember I don't remember exactly they got, what game it is, well, but I remember watching of... the Saints a Saints game where Carolina played yeah. the Saints, and I remember like just watching Funchess and be like, wow, they can't stop the dude. Like it just seems like well, he always and gets they, that, open. Or that's feels, why Carolina you know, eventually traded benjamin to buffalo because they were like Funches is our guy and he played really well that year and then yeah. obviously you know he left and then went to the colts and got injured last year um i do feel like there is a, a bit of an immediacy reaction there where we just yeah. haven't seen him so people are like right. who's this guy but i think it's a great a pickup and I, I i expect him to to come out and then him and Devonte adams would be a great combo so so yeah i mean we don't have to talk much more about we will that. certainly see yeah any other drafts you want to talk about before we get our uh Houston correspondent online. You know, uh, I'm I'm okay. We can get ready to talk some Houston Texans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get Corwin on the line. All right, now we have our Houston Texan correspondent, 
Corwin back on the line. It's been over a year since we've had Corwin. How you doing, my friend? I'm great. I'm doing solid. How are you boys? Quarantine treating you well? We're doing really well, thanks. <laughs> it's uh, It comes in waves. Sometimes it's really, really awesome. And sometimes I'm just like losing my mind a little bit. But that's I okay. feel like that's normal. <laughs> So yeah, so yeah, we uh we don't get to talk a well actually we do talk a fair amount of Houston Texans on our show, but we haven't got to talk to you about it in a while. So, uh, my first question is, I mean, you're the first Texans fan we talked to on the show since all of this has gone down. I just want to know from a Texans fan perspective, how are you feeling about the Hopkins trade as well as the Brandon Cooks trade that happened after that? So. In concept, I do not hate the Hopkins trade. I mean, I'm he's been one of my favorite players on the team since he got there. I would miss him terribly. I wish that we did not have to get rid of him. But I understand the concept of trying to create a more um, consistent receiver core across it rather than having to rely on one really good player, which is something you see in a lot of really good championship caliber teams. Sure. Um, of course, the return that we got back was, as I think you'll find a lot of people say, is was not great. The fact that we got not even a single first-round pick is absolutely criminal. And David Johnson is, I mean, he could end up being a total stud. Um, we know he has great pass-pass ability, and we know that Bill O'Brien loves to run the ball. So... It could end up better than we anticipate, but I still think the value we got back on him was not as much as we should have. As far as Brandon Cooks, um, as far as what we gave up, I think it was okay. Um, I think a lot of his injury bugs might help. I don't think he'll be out for most of the season like he has in the past. Um, I know he had a really down year last year. He did he went under 600 receiving yards but you know i think going from jared goff to deshaun watson is a very big upgrade so i think in that platoon with him and randall cobb and kenny stills and wolf Fuller and even the um the rhode island wide receiver that we drafted this year i think we might be in for a a bit more consistency at wide receiver this year yeah that makes that, that makes total sense yeah, and I think also you really do need to think about how whether or not we know what's going on, what we're thinking, just establishing that culture. Uh, I've never heard anything bad about DeAndre Hopkins, but clearly if he wasn't meshing with, with Bill, Bill wants to bring in that, that culture of his guys, I think that's something that's really an underrated aspect to go into organizations. Absolutely, and Josh and I definitely talked about the fact that don't underestimate David Johnson. He could definitely have a... A renaissance of a year but uh yeah like I, I, this is also kind of leads me to my other point is that obviously bill o'brien's made a ton of crazy moves and you know people are really questioning him as a gm but bill o'brien has still made the playoffs with the texans four out of the six years that he's been the head coach and they narrowly missed it in his rookie campaign so while fans may not believe in so much the gm bill o'brien or at least <laughs> may not see the light at the end of the tunnel of his moves like do you still believe in the coach that to continue to get it done as he has so in the first six years of his tenure? Um, I don't believe that he will backslide, but I also don't think he is the coach that will get us to where we need to go. Okay. I think for a lot of his tenure, he has benefited from a bit of a weak division. We've made the playoffs, but besides the past two years, 
Um, you know, almost all those records were nine and seven, which is yay, we made the playoffs, but that's still not a remarkable mark by any means. Um, I don't think he's the worst coach in the NFL by any means, which if you talk to some other people that are Texans fans, you know, you you might hear otherwise, but um, I think he needs to be designing around Watson more than trying to stuff him into the scheme that he has, which is why I think eventually if we can get somebody a bit more quarterback-minded um, while also taking advantage of all of our strengths, that that will be what can actually hopefully get Watson a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, I, mean I think we are in agreement that we all think he is a Super Bowl quarterback, that's for sure. Do you have any, anything you want to add? Okay, so let's go to this other question. Uh, what's the number? So they, they made a lot of moves, obviously a lot of trades. They they got a decent amount of draft picks, so pretty solid ones as well. So what's the number one thing that you think the Texans still need to do, whether or not that's a move they need to make or a player that you think needs to develop? Like, What's the number one thing that they need added to this roster that they didn't have last year that, that prevented them from moving on? I mean, let's not forget, that, like I said, this is a team, even though they had a ton of injuries – this is a team that was twenty-four to nothing in the first half against the eventual Super Bowl champs. So it's not as though they're that <laughs> far off. So, so what's missing? What do they need to do to get past that? Um, they did address a decent amount of it through the draft. Um, I mean, we've been saying that the O line needs work for years. Um, and there is, I think, now that we have somewhat of a solid unit, especially now that we have locked up. That makes something for another three years or so. Um, yeah, now that they've all been three, playing together. Three years, 30 some million, 36. I thought it was 66. Uh, actually, yeah, it's, probably, exactly. it's probably 66, not 10. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, which I am totally okay with. Um, I don't think that was a bad deal at all. I'm glad to have him on board, especially because that's, you know, Watson's blind side. Um, I think now that hopefully they are going to be a bit more of a cohesive unit. Although now that we have, um, we drafted a defensive lineman, I think in the third or fourth round, uh, Charlie Heck, who I found out is actually the son of Kansas City's offensive line coach. Well, that's pretty cool. Um, there's a lot of hype around, yeah, there's a lot of hype around him. They're thinking he might be able to fit in nice and solid so that hopefully that will be more solid now than it's been in the past. Um, so... I think from there, we need to go with patching up the rest of the stuff on our defense, probably some places in our secondary. Um, I know there's also a lot of people that are excited about uh, John Reed, the cornerback out of Penn State that we drafted. Well, we we are excited about that as Penn Staters. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. So um, I I know we just released uh, Sean Gibson the other day. So I think there might be some help at safety that we possibly need. Um. And then probably a little bit more on the defensive line. Yeah, that makes sense. I only have one more question. Josh, do you have anything? Corwin, I know this isn't exactly related to the draft, and you did talk about a couple of things related to the the units coming together. Is there any part of you that's worried about just the overall age of the defense? I mean, having the aged uh, secondary you just talked about, but even like a J.J. Watt who is – who's past 30, dealing with those injuries, eventually eventually we have to see him go, even though he's been such an awesome Iron Man coming back from yeah. all those injuries. So obviously with the lack of picks that you guys, the amount of picks, I should say, that you had, 
is there any part of you there that's like, oh man, that could be a cause for concern? I mean, a little bit. Um, I mean, it's not so much that I think J.J. Watt has gone downhill, that what he is on the field, he is still very good. Um, I know that, go back to the drafting, the, um, the um, edge rusher, or the line who drafted out of Florida, he had some very impressive highlights. And yeah, I Jonathan think, Green. Oh, Jonathan, yeah, Jonathan Green. Yeah, yeah. I think this is able to develop under JJ, and I, I think we, I'm pretty sure Nate Merciless is still on, my, uh, still on the team. He is, um, yes. Yeah, he, we can hopefully this year can develop quickly, and if not, that, you know, I, I think since Clowney's been gone, the age of our pass rushing and gone. So I think focusing so much on that and buying to compliment JJ might be a little bit of a um, a moot point. But yeah, so I, I think yeah, I, I I don't think it's too much of an issue, but I don't think JJ is in the lead for more than a year or two. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. All right, so I only have one more question, and I labeled all these. I'm going to ask the same question to of you, Mike and Drew, and I labeled it way too early on purpose because we don't even do our predictions until the month before the season, and who knows when that's going to be. But just just what's a way too early prediction? Where do you see this team finishing, and and where do you see this team's ceiling being? Um, I mean, I think the part that's the most obvious is that most of the season is going to be very much head-to-head with the Titans. Um. At the same time, that's been sort of our story for the past couple of years is that usually we're either head-to-head with the Titans or the Colts or whatever other team is sort of improving that year. I think as far as division-wise, I think we can run over them. Like, I I think our head-to-head matches should be fine. It's about whether or not overall our, our... you know, season records. I think, I do believe we will win the division. Um, but I think even if we don't, we still make the playoffs. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I, I have never been to believe that we would miss the playoffs this year by any means, uh, considering that most of our core is there besides Hopkins, obviously. Yeah. But. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think, I would say the furthest. It's because we were so close to the AFC Championship game last year. I do want to believe we can make it there again. Absolutely, I don't um, think that's crazy. It's just, when you have a guy like Watson, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Absolutely. Well, that's uh, that's all the questions I have. Anything you got, Josh? Yeah, I just have. Uh, did Gorwin, as a Texans fan, did you did you crack up at the uh, Bill O'Brien getting angry during the draft video as much as I did? <laughs> I mean, a bit. at the same time, nothing new for him. Like, <laughs> he's, he's a man with a, a short fuse. I'm sure you see the video of him yelling at fans and all that stuff. So, <laughs> uh, it's <laughs> for me. It, it was it was a little but it was also just like, yeah, that's throwing it all down ground there. Yeah, well, he may be. He may be a crazy GM, but he is a passionate, fiery coach, and I I've always been a Bill O'Brien fan, so 
If as long as we're not playing you guys again and up sixteen zero and lose, I'll root for you guys. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. It's good I mean, to... I'm very excited that the uh, the Texans are playing the Steelers in Pittsburgh this year. So that, oh yeah, you can go see them. That, that, that'll be awesome. That will be awesome. awesome. Well, it's good to hear from you, you my friend. Uh, we will get you back on during the season. Hopefully, it's for for good news. All right, you take yeah. care. Okay. Yeah, you too, guys. All right, Thanks, Corey. buddy. Bye bye. Appreciate it. All right, and we go directly into our next guest, our as we lovingly call him, our Cowboys correspondent, Mike. How we doing, man? Doing pretty good. How are we doing, gentlemen? I'm doing well, my sir. Yeah, we're 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 hanging in there, my sir. like my sir. <laughs> like we were sense. we were telling Corwin, you know, some days it's great, and some days you just feel a little a little crazy, but. But well, we're hanging in there, and this we're the world. yeah, we we're glad we got to have the draft. It was a lot of fun. Uh, so let's just get let's just get right into it. Our first question: So the Cowboys snagged multiple players, five I believe, that were ranked in the consensus top one hundred for the draft, Ooh, which is okay. pretty impressive. So how much of an impact do you expect this draft class to make next season? I will be completely honest. I think this is the best draft class of my lifetime. I'm not really sure it's close. I guess maybe you could go 2016 because they got Zach, uh, Jalen Smith, Zeke, and their slot corner. But they, like, lucked in Zach. It was, like, an accident. Uh, but by, by terms of value, uh, you know, obviously getting a good quarterback is important. But in terms of where they got players in uh, to where they, like, are rated on a big 100 board, it's the best draft class they've ever had, and it's gonna be it's gonna be incredibly impactful. They get two starting talented quarterbacks. They get a defensive tackle that can learn under Gerald McCoy and Don Terry Poe. They get a edge rusher, uh, a higher pick in the fifth round, who has third round grades, and they get the best wide receiver prospect in the draft. So yeah, I mean, it's gonna it's it's totally gonna retool a, a good portion of their roster. So I will say uh, we. We definitely we, we had a debate on our live stream when we live streamed the daft about why all these Cowboys fans wanted the wide receivers so much and I really like I really enjoyed your explanation of it but this this leads really well into my next question that we can uh, discuss a little bit more is that you know a handful of analysts are looking at this draft and saying that the Cowboys are favorites heading into the season to win the East. However, the Cowboys did lose multiple pieces on defense, talking about Robert Quinn, Byron Jones, a couple other pieces. And even though they still had a top five offense last year, they failed to make a playoffs with those impactful defensive pieces. So how do you see them winning this division and making the playoffs as compared to, to last season? So Byron Jones hurts. Byron Jones hurts a lot. That one really made me upset. Robert Quinn, uh, it hurts. I know people say, like, sack leader, but, like, I don't think sacks are truly the best indication of how effective a uh, a defensive lineman is, and I think coverage is a lot more important. I think when you look at the way Bill Belichick builds teams, he's originally the best coach of all time, he builds from the outside in. A lot of times people traditionally think games are won in the trenches. Games are won with coverage, and if you have great coverage, you'll get coverage sacks all the time, and that's Bill Belichick. That's literally, like, his philosophy as far as defense goes. So I can deal with losing Quinn, but uh, Byron Jones, that hurts. Thankfully, we got two great cornerbacks that I think can not be as good as Byron Jones, but close to. And the thing is, here, here's what I think. You know, when you say uh, they had a top five offense last year and they, they missed the playoffs, you're right. But I was looking at this. When you look at teams that had a close score games, one score games that came down to like a final possession, the Cowboys were unbelievably unlucky last year whereas a lot of teams were really lucky. 
if you flipped a lot of the uh, the scores that went by one score games, the Cowboys instead of being eight and eight would have been thirteen and three. Whereas like a team like the Packers who went thirteen and three, if their fortune had gone the way of the Cowboys, they would have been eight and eight. Uh, the Seahawks would have been four and twelve as opposed to eleven and five because one score games are just very it's like a coin flip. The year before the Cowboys won, I think six of their eight one score games, and then they were in the playoffs. This year they won one of their seven or one of their six one score games. There's five losses right there that you just can't account for. In terms of the point differential between the offense and defense for the Cowboys, they had about the exact same point differential as they did in 2007 where they went 13-3. and three. So for me, I bolster up the offense because it carries over from year to year, whereas defense doesn't. Traditionally, it, it can kind of be more of a, a roller coaster. You can have a really great defense and a pretty okay defense and a not-so-great defense. It's just really due to the opponents you're facing and offenses you're dealing with. The Cowboys need to make sure their offense is as good as possible. Make your offense as strong as the Ravens. Make your offense as strong as the Chiefs. Get weapons that will overwhelm every single opponent that you play. And as long as you can manage to score 30 points, if your defense can't stop them from scoring 30 points, you know, you might, you might deserve to lose. That just might be what it is, you know? <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's a certainly a great point, for sure. <laughs> so, Mike, I just want to say, uh, honestly, the Cowboys draft was my favorite of, of the year this year, so... Way to be uh, Dallas. Uh, tell me, besides CeeDee Lamb, who I agree with you, I think was the best prospect at wide receiver coming out this year, who is your favorite pick that you guys got? I mean, you got Diggs at corner you talked about. You also mentioned Robinson. I had Neville Gallimore as a potential borderline first-round pick. You have your successor to, to uh, Travis Frederick there. So tell me, you got a lot of good pieces. What, do you, what was your favorite one besides Lamb? Um, well, yeah, I mean, Lamb is far away. It's, I jumped like a cat off of my bed when I found out we got to be Lamb for spring. I wish, uh, I wish the people that were in my house had like a recording of what I had done because I, I really, I was expecting him to take like just a linebacker or something that was going to make me really angry, like just, just like a position that I think is least. What Adam I was wanted. like, you're going to pick like a running back or a fucking linebacker and infuriate me. But they, they for the first time in the past five years, picked the player that I was. Most wanting, and then it seemed like they did that in every round. The, I, I like Dallimore a lot. I think Dallimore's a great pick. I wanted them to get uh, Terrell Burgess, the safety, uh, at that pick, but I'm, I'm okay with Dallimore. My favorite pick is probably Reggie Robinson. Reggie Robinson is—he's a ball hawk. Like that man can play corner, and I think he's gonna immediately. I really—I think it, it looks like right now when we're looking at moving Chidobe Bougier, the uh, our second cornerback, uh, besides Byron Jones. Uh, who's gone, removing Shinoki, it looks like, to safety. And I have a feeling that the two guys he drafted are going to come in and slot in right away as our two starters. At least, this will definitely, and I think Robinson by the end of the year will. Robinson's probably my favorite pick. To, to get him in the fourth round, when I had I, uh, a lot of people that I follow and, and just from some rough mocks that I did myself and, and following along with uh, the college football prospects that I did, I thought he was like a low-end second-round uh, pick. And for us to get him at the, near the end of the fourth, I think he's great. But I would not discount the, uh, the Wisconsin Center. I'll butcher his name, but it's the Oz Fish. I, I don't know how to quite say it. I don't know how to say it either. So. <laughs> he, 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 he had a lot of first-round potential. People are looking at him as possibly the first uh, or second offensive lineman off the board after his 2018 season. He played through a lot of 2019 with, with some injuries, and that's why he fell so far. But it's very possible that, you know, Joe Rooney might play the full year at center, but by next year... Um, he might be ready to go, and we might be looking back at that one in the fourth round as a hell of a steal, especially considering we trade up with the Eagles. So if we trade up and get a really good player, and it was on the Eagles' pick, I love that forever. But yeah, 
Replace one Wisconsin center with another, so I like it. <laughs> I will say Traver- Travis Frederick's a, a guy that we take all the time in our Madden fantasy drafts. So He's a guy that we like. He's, he's incredible. He was incredible. Shout out to Travis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I and I will say I one thing that Josh and I talk about a lot on the show and a philosophy that I consistently go when we talk is, you know, I don't I'm not a subscriber to, you know, one size fits all. You have to build a team a certain way to win. You can do it multiple different ways. But what you need is synergy among the team. You need it built in a certain way that certain units play off other units. So if Dallas is going with this youth insurgence on the defense to replace all these pieces, um, that they lost, it'll take time for them to sort of gel and mesh together. And so if that's the case, then you're right. You want to overwhelm people with offense to give that defense time to hit their stride when you're about to hit the playoffs so that you can make your run. So I, I'm definitely in agreements with you on that. I, I, I Like I, I said, also, no, no, you're good. I also think we are going to see a much improved defense and offense personally. I think Rob Manelli, who is a good guy, he's a very reliable uh, defensive-minded coach. Uh, he's now with Raiders. Um, but moving on from Ron right now, he doesn't really have an emphasis on uh, on turnovers. He, he doesn't have an emphasis on... He does not have a good scheme that uh, that allowed our cornerbacks or safety to be in positions to make plays ever. And it's been that way since about 2013, 2014. I think 2014 was the last year that we were like, he was above average in terms of interceptions in the league. And that was the year we had like Rolando McClain had like four interceptions or something crazy. Like just, just things that like you will never, it was like an outlier year. For the most part, we have always been at the bottom of our division and even our conference in terms of our turnovers. And I think that's directly linked to Rob because it wasn't like we had untalented players. I have a feeling that Byron Jones is going to go to Miami and he's going to have like four or five interceptions because he's just going to have a scheme change. Because I, I think we're going to see, people are going to say, oh, you picked offense in the first round instead of going defense. I think just alone change the coach is going to revitalize this defense in a way that we haven't seen. Fresh blood. Things yeah. are getting stale and messages were getting stale. I yeah. That's absolutely, I, 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 I don't disagree with any of that. So now that we're, you know, transition from the talking about the defense to the offense and we I I think we talked about this on our on our last episode before we did the the draft stuff is we we have no idea what's going on with the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. I just from a Cowboys fan from somebody who's plugged into the to the beat writers on social media and, and reading articles, why have the Cowboys and Dak not been able to reach a contract yet? I have no explanation. I, like, <laughs> I, re- I wish like I wish I did. Here's here's the thing. If I was the Cowboys, I would have offered um I would have offered Dak Prescott forty million and just called it a day. Just say, here's your forty million, <laughs> five year contract. No, I really because you know the thing. I know, I know what the gripe is. Is that it's it's about the length. I know that they want to lock down Dak for five or six years, so like a long term deal. Right. And Dak is saying, hey, I don't want to take a five year deal if in five years me playing for forty million dollars is going to be a discount because he's right. It will be in in, in a few years that will be a discount. People were freaking out about you know. I think even when Jim Garoppolo got his extension, people were thinking of Kirk Cousins. I do, um, yep, I remember that. And, and, right, and even, even Carson Wentz, the only one who I really think is a terrible overpay, and it's just because I'm not sure that I believe, I think any quarterback could work in the system, is Jared Goff. I think that they really regret that in uh, L.A. because I think you could get similar production out of most quarterbacks in Sean McVay's system. But for Jackson, it's not what he did with Jason Garrett. It's like, pay the man, 
what he's worth, <laughs> and let's, you know, give him, give him his 40 mil, because there's talk that Deshaun Watson's about to get extended. Watson's going to get 37 mil. He's going to get 36, 37 mil. Zach and Watson are right on the same tier. I have Zach just barely ahead of Watson, because Watson loves to get back. He loves taking back. <laughs> uh, he does. I mean, Watson, the stats are quarterback stats, and uh, Watson loves being back. Uh, Zach used to two years ago, but last year, Zach really cut that back. Personally, I would say pay back his 40 mil, check the market, who cares? It's going to look like a discount in three or four years. And if, if he gets you to a Super Bowl, you know, that money's worth it. He's, he's the face of the franchise. He's beloved in the city. There is no, no justifiable reason as to why they won't. And if he's saying, hey, I want to stay out, I want a short deal so I can get more money later, again, he saves you from being like back to the likes of like Quincy Carter and like quarterback purgatory that, you, that, that Dallas is in after 8 and left. After Romo left, they would have been starting Cooper Rush. Like, he, he saved the franchise. He kept them afloat. They have not been under eight and eight since he's been there. Yeah, that, I... You know, this, I have no explanation for Regardless, that. regardless of where Josh and I have Dak ranked or you have him ranked, I think that everybody pretty much agrees that, that he deserves his money. You know, like... There's really no no debate about that. So I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. I I, I would be shocked if not. And, and he's been playing on he's been playing on a contract for a fourth round pick. He's like been the most probably the most underpaid quarterback in the league since he's been in there, given the amount of wins he's contributed for his team. I mean, like, yeah the the only other co- the only other comparison really is Russell Wilson, who won a Super Bowl on his rookie deal when he was a third or, or I think he was a third round pick. So like you know, right. and yeah, and Seattle paired him around a defense that was and a coach that yep. you know is a mostly okay coach, and they had back around, you know, Jason Garrett, who was scared to, to let them go for it in the Packers' uh, 2016 playoff game, right? Yeah. You know, it's, it's the difference of coaching, you know? Yeah, Russell Wilson is pick, but Russell Wilson is now the high-state quarterback because he should be. Like, he, he yeah. didn't, they, I think they are waiting for Dak to take a bargain for, like, a, a, a team, I mean, you know, like a, a hometown discount, and it's like, Dak's looking at them like, look, I've been playing for, like, two million a year for the past four years. I deserve my money now because for what I've given you guys and the amount of money that you've grossed from my game and my likeness and my production, I need to be compensated fairly. Uh, that, makes, that makes sense. Well, I, I only have one more question. Josh, do you have anything to add? Uh, Mike, I was just uh, wondering what your your reaction to obviously you let Garrett go, and I think a lot of us agreed that it was, it was time to do that, and you brought in uh, Mike McCarthy, who hasn't gotten to have the – face-to-face time with the players yet uh, but as somebody who doesn't like the Packers too much what did you think about uh, hiring their former head coach um Mike McCarthy did nothing wrong let the record show <laughs> um he's just he's not the problem with Green Bay he, he never was he did get a little stale in Green Bay but I guess when you're like fighting with a with an angry, bitter, you know, 30-year-old quarterback who thinks he's better than the system. You know, it gets tough. So, um, I think, you know, I will say, in just brief side note, I think LeBron and Aaron Rodgers are very similar in that they want to be the system. And I think you look at Michael Jordan, you look at Steph Curry. When teams have players and superstars that buy into the system they're in, it's much better for the success of everybody. Aaron Rodgers is way too talented for only having one Super Bowl appearance in 15 years. It's my side note on the Packers. But I don't blame that on McCarthy. I, I blame that Somewhat on their front office and then somewhat on uh, on Aaron. But regardless, I'm excited we got McCarthy. He seems to have really bought into analytics like to an extreme degree. Just based on their draft board, it was very clear that they uh, they really were putting a lot of value into the, the PFF grades because a lot of the players that they took and even the free agents they got have been graded pretty highly with uh, PFF. And 
I love that. Uh, I think, he, I mean, I saw that he and Kevin Kellenmore were drawn to plays for C.D. Lamb the day after they uh, drafted him. I'm super excited. I'm, I'm hoping we get out of some of the, the, the snow punches we used a lot with Jason Garrett would be like, you know, one wide receiver to the left, tight end, and then run up the middle with deep 12 times a game. It's so boring and stale. I'm very, very excited, and uh, I just, I hope there's football. But, you know, I, I, Don't we I knew that Jason Garrett had to go when we lost the game against the Jets. I went, okay. <laughs> I, I, I won I, I, I won two hundred I won two hundred bucks on that game, Mike. I thank you guys. Yeah, I mean I, I lost two hundred when I paid tickets to go see them in person. <laughs> <laughs> um but I, it was in that moment because I think I've been on your guys' show before last year and I said, look, I don't think Jason is awful. I think he got he, he the guys like him and they'll play for him. Yeah. And I was I think I, I think I'm right. They did play for him but he he scared money don't make money. He would go on the road and he would falter and get scared and lose important games. Uh, he, he just never had that big moment. He, he did not, he didn't rise to the on a big moment. So I think getting Jason out is going to be huge. Uh, and I'm, I'm excited about what McCarthy's going to bring. I hope he can really, I think Dak is, unlike Aaron, I think Dak will really buy into whatever I coach tells him. I think almost to his fault, he would buy too much of what Garrett did as opposed to just all going out, which I think Tony Randall did a lot. It would just be like, that's very stupid. We're doing this play instead. Dak is almost like too nice and too much of a beautiful leader of a team that wouldn't, you know, fumble and take the reins of some of the offense. I can still really buy into my call, you know, in a way that maybe Rodgers didn't always. I think that it's going to be really beneficial for Dak to have a great, uh, a renowned team. Mike, Mike, Mike McCarthy is a Super Bowl winning coach. You know, he is he is reputable. He is he has clearly displayed his talent before, and I think he's going to recreate that success at the year off of football. Well, I will say, Mike McCarthy has already done one thing that he never did for Aaron Rodgers, and that's get him a first round skill position player. I do. I heard. I heard this. I heard the stat today. They said Aaron Rodgers is only in his entire career of he has like four hundred plus touchdowns, and only one of them is to a first round receiver. If you can name that receiver, I'll give you five dollars. I feel like he knows who it is. Oh, it's um, it's a former it's Mercedes Lewis. It is Mercedes Lewis. I owe you five bucks. But he's a, but tight, end, right? he's a tight end that was drafted by the Jags. That they, re, I think they resigned him actually. Because, but we were we actually like that move. But still, the only t- only only receiver to catch a, a, a touchdown from him that was in the first round. It's just insane. Um, but and I also will say one thing that I loved about Mike McCarthy was that one thing I loved about Mike McCarthy last year is that. You know, they said that he sat down and just like studied and and looked at data and analytics and everything through the whole season to really hone his his scheme and all that stuff. And I do really, really, really love that. Do you want to say something else? All right, so we're gonna move back to our final question now. We asked uh, Corwin about this. Um, one of my favorite things to do with guests is put them into awkward situations where we could laugh at them later. So we're gonna ask you for a way too early prediction. For the Cowboys season, Mike, if you say anything less than Super Bowl, I'm going to be disappointed in you personally. I respect that. <laughs> I, every every other year, I, I predict them to go to the Super Bowl. And it's like the years that I don't predict them to go to the Super Bowl, they make the playoffs and they lose in the divisional round. And the years I pick them to go to the Super Bowl, they miss the playoffs by one day. So, so <laughs> okay, I like that. Say, I like that psychology. I like that. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that they, for, as far as record goes, they're going to lose only one more game than the Kansas City Chiefs. Interesting. 
So if the Kansas City Chiefs go 12 and 4, the Cowboys will go 11 and 5. If the Chiefs go 14 and 2, Cowboys go 13 and 3. Why why I do you, why that, do you make I, I ask I I ask why you make that comparison to the Chiefs? Well, because I think those are going to be your two best offenses in the NFL. Okay, fair. Uh, fair. I think I think it'll be Chiefs, Cowboys, Ravens will be the top 3, and then I think everything else will be I, for the most part, I really don't. I think those are the only three teams that have the firepower. And maybe, I guess, if you think that 40-plus-year-old Tom Brady, he has a nice setup with the Bucks. maybe that'll be a good one. It should be. but uh, I, I think you're forgetting cool. about Drew Locke with Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and the Penn State beast that is K.J. Hamler. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it has a nasty offense, actually, to be fair. But the Cowboys have my second favorite draft. The Broncos have my favorite draft, if I am being honest. That's awesome. But, actually, um, I like that. Yeah. I think I think the Cowboys will win one less game than the uh, Chiefs because okay. even though their quarterback is a top three quarterback, the Chiefs have the best quarterback in in football or the second best quarterback in my opinion personally. But Russell Wilson is the best quarterback in football. Um, but they they have the most similar offenses, and uh, I think they will make it to a conference championship game okay. where they will lose in the final moments. And it will not be because of Dak's fault, but everybody will blame Dak Prescott. It won't be like an interception or anything, but they'll say, you know, Dak had that interception in the third quarter, really cost him, you know, and it, it'll be like something that easily could have been mitigated, but the defense will, like, you know, give up a, a 30 minute completion on, like, 30 <laughs> So it will be the defense's fault. It will be the defense's fault, because with the Cowboys, it's very rare that it's not. The only time the defense has ever been good, I just rewatched it, actually. It was the... It was a fateful Cowboys Bills Monday night. Oh, uh, don't remind me of this game. <laughs> but Tony Romo had six turnovers and he still won because of an outside kick recovery and fifty. We had kick that was the year. That was the game that we had a receiver, George Wilson, that we converted to safety who had a pick six in that game. It was. It yes, was, he did. He did. It was the most incredible thing I've ever seen. Oh, that was Tony one of the. Romo it was the first season I watched players. football. Tony Romo was going to Bills players like he thought they were wearing white, but they were wearing. <laughs> They were wearing blue. Um, but yeah, so I think I think conference game, and I think we lose in the conference game to the 49ers. Probably, probably an Aaron Rodgers Hail Mary, actually. That's that's what should happen. Aaron Rodgers beat Mike McCarthy one last time. You know, it, 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 it would make more sense to lose the divisional round to the Packers with Mike McCarthy. That's what would really make sense. But I think we, I don't think the Packers make the playoffs. So I Ooh. think it's the 49ers and the Cowboys, and I think the 49ers get back, and I think they lose again for the Chiefs. All right. Well, I think – so you, think, you see a Super Bowl rematch again and them losing again? Ooh. Yeah, I do. I Ooh. Do. Actually, you know what? I will say I normally hate rematches, and I hate when teams get back two years in a row because I like seeing new teams, but that's a rematch I would really like to see. A lot. I want to see the Ravens get there personally. I mean, I, I would, would like that. I would love to see the Ravens get there. I, I definitely would like um, that too. And I would, I would love to see the Seahawks ever be good again with Russell Wilson, but they, they just, they can't put a team around that man. One of the worst drafts I've ever seen. Truly possible. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's gonna be 49ers Chiefs again after the 49ers revitalized classic 90s uh, Dallas 49ers rival. Fair enough. Uh, so. All right. All right, Josh, you got anything else? You know, I'm good. All right, my friend. It was really great to have you back on. Uh, we took this decor one too. We hope we have football. We hope we have it on schedule. Uh, and if Absolutely. we do, we'll certainly have you on during the season. Uh, it's always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks, Mike. And, and look for me to be look for me to be hoarding all Amari Cooper, Michael Dallas, uh, Zeke Elliott, and CD Lamb in fantasy football in our league. This week. <laughs> I'm okay if you do that. I really am. <laughs> See you guys. Take, Take care, Mike. 
All right, and we're just going to move right along from Corwin to Mike to Drew. Easiest episode we've ever done. Let's bring in my old college roommate, uh, our newly donned Pittsburgh Steeler correspondent, and maybe just a little bit of a Vikings. You never know. He's from Minnesota. Drew Campbell Amberg. How are we doing, Drew? Doing all right. I would just like to clarify that I am a previous roommate and not a roommate that is old. I'm, in fact, younger than Adam. This is wow. true. In fact, I don't know when you're listening to this, but Thursday, if you're listening to this on Thursday, it is Drew's birthday. So wish him a happy birthday. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you haven't wished Drew a happy birthday and it's Thursday, please go do that. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Not that much younger than me, by the way. Don't be silly. Anyway. <laughs> so you're starting to be a pretty old man. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not getting gray hairs. I'm just losing hairs, and I didn't have a lot to begin with. So let's let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers here. Uh, the Steelers did not have a first-round pick, uh, the pick that they sent away to get Minka Fitzpatrick, a move that Josh and I both loved and still stand by to this day. I think uh, that defense is just incredible. But they still managed to have what many experts are calling a solid draft. So tell me... Your thoughts on the players that Pittsburgh did get, uh, including Chase Claypool, a guy that I loved and I wanted Buffalo to look at before the Diggs trade, but including him and the other picks. Like, how do you see them impacting the team this year? No, I think overall they did a pretty good job of hitting a few different beats. Uh, some question marks, obviously, still after a draft, and you don't have a first-round pick, you're not going to get a, a lot of those immediate impact kind of players. Um, I'm going to kind of pull off of a comment you kind of made about the Stefan Diggs trade with the Bills, uh, I really think that the first-round pick was picked properly, if you will, and that the trade for Minka Fitzpatrick was, was the right move with that. Um, it seemed like a steep cost at the time, and, you know, the Steelers haven't not had a first-round pick in over 50 years, so a lot of people kind of were a little up in arms about that, but I think the way the defense finished the season, it's, it's pretty easy to tell that that was a smart use of that pick, and you're kind of hoping to get a player that'll make that impact with that first round pick and they got someone who was able to do it mid-season right away so uh, that was a good move by them there um, I am really excited to have Chase Claypool um, I've read up a lot on him uh, obviously anybody that comes out of a big program and has succeeded at uh, a, a major school like Notre Dame is just a great pick um, an interesting article title popped up on the Athletic the other day and it said that Big Ben gets the, the tall, speedy receiver that he covets. And it made me stop and think because the Steelers have had like a lot of wide receivers come in and out over the past 10 years or so. Uh, but he's never had that like Julio Jones mold kind of like tall, athletic dude that's just going to go up and get the ball. That's they have true. a lot of people that are going to come in and do their jobs, run their routes, get open. That's actually but, a good um, point. Yeah, I think, uh, I think with the second-round pick to get somebody – who is going to come in and be able to take some pressure off of Juju and let him kind of play on the inside a little more, which is what he kind of thrives at. It's a great pick at, uh, at 49 in the second round. Absolutely. I agree. Um, I agree. Like I said, I, you know, it was a heavy wide receiver draft and I mean, I like the receivers Buffalo got later, but again, like I said, that, that was a guy that I really wanted, but that's also an interesting point you make about the receivers. I never really thought of it that way, but you're right. He's always had guys like Antonio Brown, Emmanuel Sanders, even going back to San Antonio Holmes. And I don't, I don't know Heinz Ward's height off the top of my head, but I bet you it's not taller than six, two or six, three, right? Yeah, no, I think he was a smaller receiver too. Yeah. So he's always, you're right. I that's do a, believe he was, 
right at six two. I thought he was six. Correct. Maybe yeah. Even six foot like even. I said, he's not even. That's right. Um, I never thought of it that way, but you're right. I think that that fits in really nicely. And you know, we both loved James Washington. You guys got in the last couple of years. He's a solid, solid player. You put him with Juju and with Chase Claypool, uh, and then you still have Vance McDonald. Like I said, that's a that's a that's a really good offense if Big Eric Ben Ebron. can be healthy. Yeah, that's right. And they got you know, Eric Ebron really too. Yeah, Eric Ebron's going to take some pressure off McDonald, some injury insurance because he hasn't really stayed healthy lately. Uh, but also Deontay Johnson, the third pick from last round, yeah. had a pretty respectable season as a third rounder last yeah. year. You're right, I forgot about him. He's probably going to take another step forward, hopefully. So The Steelers seem it's to good. always find great receivers. It's almost uncanny. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's some. it might be worrisome not having that, that number one dude after having arguably the best receiver in the league for so many years in a row. Yeah. Uh, but just to, to stock up on a lot of overall good talent and let them work and know that you're going to have somebody open more than likely is, is definitely a good way to go without wasting too much draft capital on one position. Absolutely. So that, that kind of leads me into my second question, too, talking about the quarterbacks in the season, really. I mean, the Steelers almost made the playoffs with Mason Rudolph and Devlin Duck Hodges last season. I remember we talked about it midseason, and I couldn't even remember Devlin Hodges' name. And I said, you know, if Mason gets hurt, who comes in? I, I remember not even being able to think of it, and he ended up being probably their best quarterback that came in behind Ben. But, like, what is – if Big Ben stays healthy, what is the for, – for most of the season anyway, what's the ceiling for this Pittsburgh's team next year? Because they have arguably one of the best, if not the best, defense in the NFL, and they just added all these pieces on offense. You know, I I am uh, reasonable to a fault when it comes to my sports fandom, <laughs> as you you know, and I've, right. I've uh, held it up pretty quickly. I kind of called the Steelers out the last time I was on here for probably not going to be able to have a good season. Um, but uh, honestly, if Ben can stay healthy and play at least 14, 13-ish kind of games this year and can just kind of work with the young wide receivers he has at hand, this is a Super Bowl contention kind of team. I, uh, I don't I'm not disagree gonna, with I that. I wouldn't put money down. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't put large money down on them coming out of the AFC, but, um, you know, not to take away from what the Ravens did last year, but the odds that they are able to come out and steamroll people at the same level is, uh, is low. They will still be effective, I think, but I think you're looking at a team that might take the AFC North uh, if Ben can stay healthy. And if they can keep some health uh, at running back this year, um, and I just I'm excited uh, if he can stay on the field. I really think this is going to be a, a great season for them. Absolutely. Yeah, Drew. I think you you make some really good points, and I I agree with you. I think they certainly have the, the talent that's there. So with that being said, like I, I one of my favorite pits picks that Pittsburgh had this year was uh, Dotson out of Louisiana on our show. Uh, during the draft, I was talking about filling that offensive line depth and getting for some of the aging guys. I know you just talked about how they have the talent to be a rule contending team, and they obviously have players all over the place. If you had to be somewhere specific, where do you think they might be lacking right now? Well, they could definitely look to add one more kind of depth guy on the on the O-line, and I wouldn't mind that. Obviously, Dawson was a great pick. He's going to help kind of cover the loss of Ramon Foster retiring this year. Yeah, uh, The Steelers have had some great offensive line play for the past three or four seasons, and I, we're kind of uh, – we're, we kind of take that for granted in a sense because a lot of teams don't get that. 
Um, so I, I wouldn't mind them looking for some kind of veteran veteran just for depth. I don't think they're going to find another starter there. Um, I know they just signed Bisniewski this offseason. Uh, Penn State? And Penn he's State. got a lot of... Yeah, so he's from Penn State. He's um, been on two Super Bowl winning rosters in the past couple of years. But um, they're definitely not going to be able to look for for him for any kind of like major starting time. He's definitely more of a, a stopgap if anything were to happen. Yeah. Um, but the, to me, the big thing... If James Conner can stay healthy, I feel comfortable in the running back situation, so I'm going to set that aside. But um, the interior of the defensive line, to me, is the big question mark. Um, Javon Hargrave got signed by the Eagles in a big deal that they weren't able to match in the offseason. And Cameron Hayward is obviously a stud, but he can't hold it down by himself. He's getting up there in age, too. Yeah, he's getting up there in age, too. That's 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 absolutely right. Um, but, you know... It's a great observation. Yeah, but, the, you know, like I said, I'm not... I can't really disagree with that. You know, they have the talent to to certainly push for a Super Bowl. I think it'll be a, a great season for them. But, again, leading me into my next question is that Big, bun, Big Ben doesn't really have a lot Big of... Bun. Big Bun. Big <laughs> Bun. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's great audio right there. Uh, Big Ben doesn't really have much time left, especially with how much of a beating he's taken throughout his career. He's sort of known for that. How much longer do you see Big Ben playing? And... Where should the Steelers go for a successor? Is he on the roster? Do you believe in Mason Rudolph or Devlin Hodges? Do they look to free agency, or do they just hope that in the future they can trade up with a draft pick? I mean, what do you see? How do you, how do you see them solving this? I do. I was kind of leaning towards the idea that maybe this was a year to get someone in the second or third round. Uh, they did have two fourth round picks that they might have been able to use to this to this end in some way through a trade or something um, to, to get someone who might take a little more time. Uh, obviously you've got a, a widely considered one of the greatest head coaches in the league and Mike Tomlin and a great quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger who knows and is uh, even considered publicly retiring in the past few seasons. He knows he's on his way out and I don't think he would have been, uh, he would have taken it any wrong way if they had looked to take like a Jake farm like Buffalo did or Jordan Love. Uh, like the pack said, obviously, I'm not sure if he would have fallen. Um, I know Cole McDonald is someone you, Adam, really liked, and I wouldn't mind him being picked up by the Steelers in a later round. Um, oh, I, got Jacob I think I that the season's going to tell us a lot uh, about how much longer Big Ben has for the Steelers. Uh, you mentioned he's taken a beating. He's also just uh, a warrior out on the field. So if his elbow can stay healthy, I wouldn't be surprised if he signs another one- or two-year contract. Uh, his contract's up after the season but I don't see playing longer than maybe two more seasons in the league, if I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I, that's that's a great point. I, I, I wish we were just laughing. I couldn't even remember. I can't even remember who took Cole McDonald at this point, but I, I remember being uh, a little upset about it. But then, I mean, Buffalo took Jake Fromm, which everybody thought was silly, but I'm telling you it's one of the I most like brilliant picks of the draft. Um, but, uh, yeah, do you have anything? I, have, I only have one more question. All right, so we're going to go to the final question. Uh, we did this to – Corwin, we did this to Mike. It's way too soon, and that's why we love making you do it. So give us a way too early prediction for the Pittsburgh Steelers season. You can you don't have to do record unless you want to, uh, but like division, wild card, how far do they go in the playoffs, things like that. I'm going to predict. Ooh, I'm teetering here. I'm going to go 12 and four. Okay. Ooh. Winning the AFC North. All right. And. uh at least making the AFC Championship round. Wow. Okay. Okay. That'd be really and this is all, exciting. of course, 100% dependent on Big Ben's health 
Uh, if Ben goes down in the first three or four games, I honestly think we're going to be in place to either look at like a Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields kind of thing. Uh, the defense is good, but I don't. You must don't want like that middling team where the defense is just too good and the offense can't keep up with it. You know. That's true. That that honestly that does make sense. And I mean, you guys got so close uh, last year without him, but but you're right. I think that uh, if he goes down again, I. I'd be hard pressed to see you guys be able to go go far again. But I I will not. I will tell you this much. I wouldn't be afraid to tell you that I think it's crazy, but I don't think it's crazy that they go to the title game at all. No, I don't think so. Yeah, and strange things have happened. Um, it's obviously really scary that the Kansas City Chiefs drafted uh, Edwards Hilaire <laughs> out of um, LSU because that's exactly what we don't want Patrick Mahomes to have is another speedy guy who can catch the ball <laughs> off the backfield. <laughs> break off for 80 yard runs but our defense is a lot better and our offense is is really respectable with everybody healthy so yeah i think it's actually i would make the arguments respectful obviously you do want big ben but i think about the games last year between how you were talking about baltimore as being that key but they played baltimore real tough so you add a, a more veteran presence like ben I don't think you're anywhere near crazy, Drew. I think you could really make those arguments, and they stick to the wall real well. Yeah, and I said I was, I was kind. I don't want to give. I'm not going to give myself full marks for the Baltimore explosion because I did not predict that. But I did say that they win the division, and I was confident about that. Uh, I just didn't expect it to be that. But I will say I have no idea this year, and I'm, I will wait to the very last moment when we make our predictions for the season to pick this division because it's going to be tough and it's going to be. Hard fought, so so absolutely. Uh, anything else you got, Josh? I'm pretty okay. Drew, thanks for thanks for coming on, man. It's always a pleasure. We we said this to Corwin and Mike, but hopefully we have football. Hopefully we have it regularly scheduled, and and if we do, we will definitely have you on mid season. Okay. Absolutely, be happy to come. All right, my friend. You thanks take care. Thanks for talking to us, buddy. You as well. All right. Bye bye. Yep. All, All right. right. That was fun. Yeah. So yeah. we're like done. We have. You're right. It was easy. It was a great episode. All we had to do. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, I guess we can do a little breakdown real quick. I mean, anything that stuck out from any of our three guys here? Yeah, I you? mean, obviously, I feel like all of them bring their own aspects to it and whatnot. Right. And I think it's always it's always hard. I, I, I think we have a pretty good show, and I feel like we're pretty intelligent, but there's always, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always the element that we look through things with the rose-colored glasses about yeah. our respective teams. Like, nobody... None of those three guys were like, yeah, our team is probably not going to do that well, which there it's we talked about three good organizations, but yeah. it's very likely that somebody is going to get left out on the cold. Something's yeah. going to happen that we don't right. know about. So, I mean, if we look at those those records, uh, we don't Mike didn't really give us a number, but right. between the three teams, there were like 36 wins. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> So I, I mean, it, it, I mean, they it, are three good teams. They're three good teams yeah. that are obviously coming off of of good drafts and and have up upswing potential. So we don't really know, but I I I appreciate that we had that, and I think they brought some good some good more personalized. Oh yeah, attention. and I always love everybody else's perspective because, like you said, I mean, we we are smart guys. We follow the league a lot, so even if we weren't smart, it'd be hard to not stumble upon good points every once in a while. But you're right; it's nice to hear other guys. I I do want to say real quick that Drew texted me and said, 
I screwed up wrongest need. I'm mad. I meant to say linebacker because he needs somebody opposite Bush to play, oh. which is an interesting point. But that's um, who we didn't want to take as right. a linebacker. So, so was, no, no, oh, did I say Mike? I meant Drew. Oh. Sorry, I meant Drew. Drew I meant – I thought I said Drew. I know who I thought I, No, I thought Drew. I thought I said Drew. I had Mike up Yeah, he said – Opposite Devin Bush, so that that's a good point. But you're right. Like I said, I um, I honestly expected Mike to come on and be like, "We're going undefeated. We're winning the Super Bowl." <laughs> um, I expected Corwin to be like, "Get rid of Bill O'Brien," and uh, Drew did what I expected. <laughs> yeah, no, they're they're all very wise guys, and I was yeah. glad to have them on the show. It's, so it's always a better show we can get them in there. Absolutely. Uh, anything else you want to wrap on before we scoot off? You know, I, I guess we did talk about it Thursday a little bit, yeah. but I guess we can get a little more now that we have seven rounds of, of knowledge or whatever, but we didn't really address or talk about who we thought we started the episode by saying who we thought did really well, who's somebody that we just weren't, weren't crazy about. I mean, like I said, I think a lot of people will look at, the Packers, and that's what we talked about a little bit, and said that they weren't so well. But I think we both agree that they weren't as low of the pack as people would say. Huh. Um, I I do think that <laughs> I do think that a lot of people are going to look at a team like um, the Seahawks and look at and question that a little bit. I think okay. Mike. I think Mike even said as he was heading off at the end to be like, Seahawks had the most terrible draft I've ever seen. Um, and, and, and then I'm bringing up this list again that we talked about at the beginning. They're rated dead last in terms of like capital that they had and capital they brought back. Okay. Uh, they actually dropped down like a couple thousand points from where they were. Um, I think that it's hard to, I mean, there are obviously teams that I would look at and be like, okay, I wouldn't have done that. You know what I mean? Okay. But I think that it's hard to grade draft drafts very poorly because you look at a draft that Seattle had. Famous, one of their most famous drafts where they got Wilson and they got Irvin and they got um, uh, Wagner. Wagner as well. And they got somebody else too, but like they got all three of those guys. And like Mel Kuyper went on ESPN and said it was the worst draft he's ever seen in his time covering. And then going to two straight Super Bowls. And right. I always think it. that. You know what I mean? That's like, something where you've posed the question to me before about like what really is like the greatest responsibility of head coach and right. whatnot. And I think even if you look at paper, like I think I think New England didn't do that well, but I they're I trust rated, in they're a rated guy, second to last. <laughs> I think a guy like Belichick or Carroll, you yeah. know, like they make those players, and then you watch them, you're like, who was this guy? Exactly. And well, then, and I mean, I was rolling my eyes. They took uh, New England took back to back tight ends, and I was like, well. There's new, there's, there's the new Gronk and Hernandez because you know that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> so like you said, like I, I, you're right. I think that what it boils down to is, can you find the guys that you know are your guys that you want that can fit into what you're doing, or you can fit around them, and can you build it synergistically together to work? Right, and that's that's <clears throat> what I think ultimately matters. I don't think anybody would care if you get your, if I know Jake Crum's not your starter, but let's right. pretend he is. If he does better than Joe Burrow. Everyone be, would want Jake from in the fifth round versus right. the number one quarterback. Absolutely. As long as like, you believe and you can get that guy to perform. Absolutely. And everybody and everybody wants to think that, you know, not everybody's uh, draft strategy or priorities are the same. And I know that that sounds stupid or silly, but like 
you know, Cincinnati's priorities were totally different than a team like New England's or a team, or actually New England's might be a little bit similar, but a team like the Chiefs who were able to take Clyde Edwards-Hilaire with their last pick because the Chiefs don't have that many holes left to fill. Right. But Cincinnati has all these holes to fill, and so they're going to take players that, you know, a lot of teams aren't even looking at because it doesn't matter to them. They don't need those things, you know? Yeah. Uh, and there is a semblance of the board and taking what's best available and things like that. Uh, and we all have personal philosophies about that. But you're right. Like, teams are just building around what they believe that their strategy is. And they're all different. And that's what makes the NFL so great. And that what makes the draft interesting, too, because there's always parity no matter what. Uh, and it was nice just to sit down for a couple of days and watch something that was new in terms of sports content. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Since you don't uh, like the sports content in our Madden franchise. Listen, I I thought you forgot about this. Nope. I've just been waiting. Go ahead. So Go ahead. Adam now has a new favorite kicker in the league, everybody. So we're we're wrapping up here early since we're we have a few minutes to talk about some silly nonsensical things. So during our quarantine, even before the quarantine, Adam and I have played Madden for, for many years. We do our Fantasy giraffes, make our own teams. Make so we, up weird storylines. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. My, uh, We we did a, our most recent franchise we've done. We had to wait until the last five rounds to select a quarterback. <laughs> and uh, so we're in the same division. I'm the, the Chargers, and Adam is the Broncos. Yep. So with our lack of quarterbacks, we've both been semi-bad. Yeah. Uh, so when we were playing each other, both... Both games. Both games that we played were one-point games. <laughs> in which? In which I iced his favorite kicker, Jake Elliott, and he missed the kick. Both, both times. times. <laughs> and not only that, I don't know if you know, both times they both went wide right. I'm not even kidding. I missed t- in as time expired. I don't does, know if the second that, time. It, no, the second time was there was still, I still didn't okay. want to play. It was but the last play of the game. In the true Buffalo Bills fashion. Say, does that make it extra painful? It, it, it was just, I can't even. I mean, I I laughed at it the first game. And I mean, I was upset about it. But it was so funny in the first game. And But in the second game, I was up by like 13 points with a couple minutes left. I had just picked you off like in the end zone and returned it. And not only that, but when Josh scored to take the lead 41-40... Aunt Rokon Smith intercepted you in the and end the zone on the two-point conversion, conversion, and I was like 10 yards away from returning it from two to win the game, and he got tackled by, I think it was Melvin Gordon. Yep. So it was unbelievable, and then we, we, we our favorite quote from our, from Joe Flacco was like, it's not that hard to get a field goal. I got right <laughs> into range. It was a nice like 41-yarder. It was not yeah, that it wasn't, far. It wasn't too bad. Wide right. Love cut it. him immediately. I was – it did cut him immediately. <laughs> I I wasn't surprised about you missing the first one, and I think that's the only reason you missed the second one because <sighs> I'd never seen you act like that. Like you were like moving the kick thing, like you were like in your head about it. I was freaking it. out. I loved it. it was I was fun. freaking out. Well, because he and Jake Elliott missed the first kick of that second game, he did. and the whole game I kept saying could have been blah blah blah, could have been this, because <laughs> it was just unbelievable. So. Now you have a little bit of insight about the things we're doing to entertain ourselves during this time. Yeah, entertain. But anyway, Josh's quarterback is Jarrett Stidham, and mine is Blake Sims. If you can, right now, I'm not going to tell you where Blake Sims played college. Please don't look it up. If you can tell me where Blake Sims played college, I'll give you $5. Okay? Don't don't look it up. you're asking me. Don't look it up. Just, well, you know it. I do. So just tweet it at us. Put, comment it on our Facebook. If you can tell us where he played college football, 
you get five bucks from me, okay? Ah, you're making two five dollar bets. Yeah, look at that, man. Yes, in this podcast that, alone. I didn't expect Mike to know Mercedes Lewis. I didn't I, I Well he's the one who brought up I doubt he, it. He he agreed with you as you were saying the Oh statement. did he? Oh see I didn't even know. So I was like, that. I think he's heard the story, man. <laughs> it's just crazy. All right. Anything else? No, I'm ready to start getting our pizza ready yeah we're gonna make a pizza tonight we got homemade pizza pretzel bites that we're gonna make some honey mustard with and we're gonna make milkshakes with a little bit of a twist to um with our new blender wink wink with our blender yep so it was a good episode yeah thanks everybody for tuning in absolutely hope uh if you're a seattle fan you don't think it's the worst draft ever whoever you had you enjoyed it and if you're a Buffalo fan, you did have the best draft. Don't worry about it. I get the best draft. But. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, guys. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. That it's at SimultCatch. That's at SimultCatch. Maybe you follow us on Facebook. Uh, please let us know on Facebook. You know things you want us to talk about. If you'd like to possibly be on the show, uh, we'd love to have you. Especially if you're of a team, fan of a team that we haven't quite talked a lot about yet or had a correspondent, if you will, about. Just let us know. Uh, we're we're just. Happy to bring some entertainment and hopefully some light during some of these dark days. Yeah, and we will upload a picture of our beautiful sign for you guys to love. Oh, he called it beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> Thanks, guys. God bless.